Hello, it's Danny Howe back with another episode of uh, Tales uh, from Southern Indiana. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, uh, during a Thanksgiving meal, I, I had, uh, you know, cause to wonder about what were some of the old ways that uh, uh, people used to uh, to do each other in. And, uh, uh, you know, perhaps through uh, things they'd added to food. We all try to eat healthy these days, but back in the day, it wasn't so much of a concern, and people also weren't all that discerning or didn't have that much knowledge about things that they were taking or household ingredients that were being used for different purposes that might be dangerous. One thing that uh, was somewhat uh, commonly used to try to, to kill people was something called calomel. There's a, there's a book on uh, uh, strange murders in southern Indiana. It talks about a woman who was determined to kill her husband so that she could... Um, uh, receive the attentions of a Mr. Fogel <laughs> uh, and told her niece that she was looking for the best way to get her husband out of the way and her first choice was calomel. Calomel was um, by that time a home remedy that had quite a history of treatment for various things. Uh, it had been used um, for instance to um, uh, to treat George Washington in the last days of his life and uh, uh, it also was uh, something taken by many famous people, Napoleon, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, Louisa May Alcott. The medicinal uses for calomel um, were that it acted as a purgative and it killed bacteria. Uh, of course, it also killed quite a lot of other things, including the human host. And, um, and uh, Lewis and Clark apparently used calomel to treat uh, their men's STDs. So there you go all-purpose remedy. Um, it was sadly used, among other things, as teething power. And uh, uh, a particular product called Dr. Moffat's Teethina powder promised to make baby fat as a pig. But uh, what happened instead was that people were poisoned by the mercury that calomel basically was. So it was, uh, it, it, it was something that uh, this lady who wanted Mr. Fogel's attention tried on her husband, um, giving him bits of it, uh, I guess, every day or every night, and it didn't work. So she went to a stronger uh, product, which was called Rough on Rats. And Rough on Rats was uh, a popular product to uh, kill rats, and it certainly did kill them because it was basically arsenic. Um, the uh, advertisement that I've seen says, don't die in the house. <laughs> Rough on rats clears out rats, mice, roaches, water bugs, bed bugs, flies, ants, beetles, sparrows, jackrabbits. Apparently jackrabbits got a house. Moles, chipmunks, and gophers. And slogan is, our occupation's gone. Rough on rats did it. And a, 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 a character, six rats sitting behind a can with the uh, skull and crossbones on it are saying this message. But as the book pointed out, rough on rats might as well have been called rough on husbands because it was used so often um, by uh, uh, folks to poison their spouses. At any rate, uh, uh, the slogan, don't die in the house, had, you know, some hidden meaning apparently. So, uh, you know, obviously in the old days, things were a little bit rougher and uh, so was justice. Um, in my hometown, in Mitchell, one of the things that I was always curious about was the history of something called the Orpheum. Uh, rather, it was, I guess, the Opera House. Uh, the Opera House in my hometown 
was something that had been restored uh, not too many years ago and popular music acts were performing there and that in fact was what it was originally built for back before the days of motion pictures. Um, the Mitchell Opera House uh, ultimately was somewhat put out of business I guess by competition from the Orpheum Theater which showed talking pictures starting in 1928. But before then uh, there was a fellow named, uh, named Menlo who was quite uh, uh, quite an entrepreneur, and he started this thing back around the start of the uh, 20th century. And because Mitchell was on a couple of railroad lines, it could uh, pick up during the midday performers who were on their way to perform in Chicago, for instance, and they had quite a, quite a number of uh, famous, well-known acts, uh, vaudeville stars, picture stars, that sort of thing. Um, this fellow Menlo, uh, who, uh, who had developed uh, this business and the productions for it, um, ultimately came to learn that his wife was receiving uh, at least the attempted attentions of a, uh, of a man named Gibson, who had often boasted that he could get any woman he wanted in Vincennes. Uh, I've really been to Vincennes, I'm not sure what he was speaking of, but at any rate, uh, apparently he was branching out from Vincennes to Mitchell, and once his intentions were known to, uh, to Mr. Menlo, Mr. Menlo decided to take things in his own hands. As Gibson was a big guy, six foot three, 300 pounds, and Menlo was a little bitty guy. However, when Menlo shot him, the, the, the size didn't really matter anymore. Menlo pulled a gun, fired a shot that landed behind Gibson's left ear, and then stood over his body and emptied four shots inside the revolver to, uh, into Mr. Gibson, and then hopped a departing train back to Washington, Indiana. <laughs> he was charged with first-degree murder, but pled guilty, or not guilty, but, or guilty, I guess, by reason of insanity, get that one mixed up. And apparently, at the trial, five different women brought forth stories about uh, uh, Mr. Gibson trying to do the same sort of things in terms of forcing his affections on folks. And whichever jury was hearing it did not like the story very much uh, in terms of what it thought of Mr. Gibson and found Mr. Moore not guilty uh, of first-degree murder. And, uh, <laughs> and there was a dramatic statement released, I guess, by his attorney that said, the human heart is the same the earth around. Law cannot rise above its source, the breast of man. The verdict is the crystallization of the purest and best sentiment of the world. It is a declaration that the honor of the wife shall be protected and the purity of the home shall be defended. And it goes on at some length. Um, so at any rate, uh, the, the days were, I guess, a bit more exciting and dangerous in many ways for folks in uh, 19th century and early 20th century times. And uh, there was obviously a dearth of decent over-the-counter drugs. So uh, there's a few, uh, there's a few uh, odds and bits to share with you all about uh, the history of Southern Indiana and uh, where I grew up. And uh, look forward to talking to you again. Thanks for listening.